The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to The Makers of Minnesota, where we talk to cool people doing cool things throughout the state. Um, if you like this podcast, please tell others about it. It's really helpful to get the word out. We also have a Facebook page, Makers of MN, Instagram, and Twitter. And thanks to those of you that have reached out and let me know about cool stories. We're also on LinkedIn, too, and I find that a lot of the entrepreneur community really appreciates hearing the stories that are happening on LinkedIn um, not to get anyone's hopes up, but I did have an investor actually that was asking me about one of the clients that I spoke with. So you just never know. It's all about making connections. The first connection that I have here today is Ben Brieshoff, and he is with Beat Vodka. And Ben, I remember meeting you, boy, I want to say it was like three years ago at a tasting event. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And the, the first thing that came to mind when I tasted your vodka, because I was like, oh, I don't know what this is. And I was thinking like beets, like um, vegetable beets, <laughs> right. not sugar beets. And you were like, oh, you you really need to try it. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So I tried it. And something that still sticks in my mind about your vodka that has really appealed to me is there's like a, um, a viscosity to it. Yeah. It's like thicker in your mouth. Yeah. That is so elegant. Well said. Yeah, I mean, That's and amazing. I just... Yeah, right. And I'm glad you remember it after all these years, too. I did, and I've been trying to reach out to you. You're a busy person, and we'll get to that, but I'm yeah. assuming you maybe have a day job, too. But I was like, wow, this vodka is so different. It is different than so much of the distillery movement. Right. And, you know, we obviously, there was this huge boom. We have all these distillers and people start with vodka because that's the easiest and the least likely to be aged. Yes. But yours was really different. Tell me about it. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, You're right on that. I think people describe, you know, the unique thing about beet vodka is that we're made out of sugar beets. And like you said, it's not a beet, like a red thing that yeah. you eat. People are, don't even know what sugar no, beets are. Don't. And so there's a big education opportunity for us to talk about this huge agricultural story uh, that is found up in the northwest part of Minnesota, the biggest co-op of sugar beets in the country up in the Red River Valley. But yeah, sugar beets used for sugar production. Um, and that's exactly what you need to create an alcohol. Yep. So it's this really beautiful crop naturally for, you know, naturally sugar that you use then for creating an alcohol, but it's super unique, um, to do, to do it. And so it creates, yeah, a little bit more of that kind of viscosity, that beautiful mouthfeel, the sipability, I guess, for lack of a better term that you usually don't find in a vodka. Um, and... And yeah, we've uh, been out now a little over two years. What was your background? Because, okay, most vodkas are made with what? Grains? Most vodka is corn or grain. You're absolutely right. And then so, there's some that are potato. Some that's potato. Um, you can really make vodka out of, I think, more or less anything, so long as you have that sugar to then ferment and yep. distill. Um but yeah, most corn and grain. And usually, you know, we do tastings, we do events, kind of like where we met originally. People have this, um, I guess, previous experience with vodka that's usually not 
the greatest. Yeah, because uh, it can be so yeah. just like what you smell just, in your just, vodka yeah. when you're putting it to clean out your ears or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And vodka is, you know, what we find is that vodka, especially for the craft producers here that have, have come to the uh, to the scene in the last couple of years, it's kind of that first thing, like you said, it's technically easy to make, but it's, I say, easy to make poorly. Sure. Uh, it's sure. kind of hard to do it well uh, and hard to make something that you actually want to taste uh-huh. because usually vodka is something to be mixed um, and it's the kind of the gateway to the next thing, like to a gin, for example. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, this is just something that we decided, you know, let's just try to do it differently. And uh, and here we are. So so what was your background? Yes. Oh, Were yes, you right. in commodities or something? How did you even know about sugar beets? No, I, uh, you know, I, I actually had a commodity trading job long ago. I was there for three days and then quit. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't quite my, uh, my, my thing. But um I've been in uh, sales and marketing um, for for my career up until this point. Um, it was more, I think, finding an original co-founder who is no longer in the business, but having a little bit more of that domain expertise in the uh-huh. in the distilling world. Um, and the two of us came together and um, decided to to do this. And and through his expertise and a little bit more of my application to to bringing it to life. Um, um, Here's what we have. Um, so you are the sales and marketing guy of the operation, and I know. Yeah. At this point, it's solely yours. Yes. Would totally just off the cuff, honest question. Yeah. If you knew now what you didn't know then, would you have created a product that has to be explained because it's the first of its kind? Um, I probably wouldn't have even had the um, the know how to even get to the point. Regardless of had I had I done a corn or a grain or a, a right. product that had already been done before, just you know, uh, um, or or sugar beets. I think it was um, as with I think any uh, business story. There's always that one moment or series of moments where things just kind of happen. To, they just happen. The light bulb it comes together, and I think that was. Um, um, what we had early on. Tell me about that. Do you remember the moment? Um, yeah, I do actually. I think it was, um, well, it was at a brewery. I'll name names. I think it was at Indeed. Yep. And, um, really there was this kind of draw to the craft beer industry. Again, this was about four years ago. So we've been out now, as mentioned, a little over two and a half years, about two and a half years now Beat Vodka has. But before that, there was about two years of kind of ideation and thinking about this thing that we were wanting to launch and uh, but it was at indeed and it was really taking on the, the inspiration from the craft beer scene loving this coming together sharing a drink the social element of having a drink yep realizing that you know beer that that's kind of saturated already four years ago no distilleries or very very few existed yes. And so I think that was part of it, that social kind of wanted to do something like sharing that experience and realizing that spirits are kind of a new thing. And taking some of that experience that my original co-founder had and uh, kind of some of my application and know-how and, and, and there you go. So can I pick a little bit at the original co-founder piece? So you guys started this company together and then this other person got out. Yes. Was it amicable? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was um, just realizing that, uh, you know, things change first of all, and in a person's um, just Life, I guess. Yes. You know, life Personal happens. Lives, sure. Life happens, and uh, there's only so much that uh, that a person can focus on in their in their day to day or week to week. And um, I think uh, you, you know, wanted to go maybe move the business at different speeds or having slight different visions. Um, that's a, that's a bad thing. It's kind of probably pretty common. That's why um, I poked at it because yeah. I think so many people like you start a business and you have this idea of what it's going to be, right. 
and many of you out there, you're working your day jobs and then mm-hmm. doing this on the weekends and the evenings, trying to bootstrap it, right. trying to get it going. And that's not for everyone. Right, right. And even once you get it like launched, then there's like, oh, now we have to do all the marketing and right. the endless hours. And, you yeah. know, a lot of young people start companies and then they have families and it right. doesn't jive. Right. And, you know, I just heard the other day, too, you have to start something with the end in mind to a certain extent. You, um, that helps, I think, frame all the work and the things that are going to be required along the way on this journey from yeah, it's great to have an idea and it's great to launch something, but then there's a whole lot more that's involved, yeah. obviously. So if you know, hey, my goal is to uh, sell the business in three years. Well, that's different than my goal is to build something over the long haul and have it for 30 years yep. and pass it to my children. So I think that kind of changes a little bit the um, the equation as well. Um, it but- sure did. I mean, when I think about that, uh, yeah, um, I think I started a business with my husband and my perception of when our end game was coming and his was completely different in his in, in his mind the entire time and i knew that he had a number in mind mm-hmm. but when we got to x number we were selling it oh yeah and i just kind of was like oh yeah sure you say that now and you never i the getting to that number seemed so pie in the sky right. and then we marched past that number and i was yeah. like oh yeah great we got to the number and we had a little celebration and then a year later he was like okay i'm done I was oh, like, wow. really? Wow. wow. That was fast. Yeah. I was like, I told you. <laughs> yeah. You didn't believe me. Yeah. You know, and I think so. Yeah. The That was amicable. Um, that was about a year and a half ago now. Um, and so I think really the overall goal, not the goal, but the reason for creating Beat Vodka was not because of just an obsession over a vodka. Yeah. It was, it was really more so that undercurrent of we want to create a social business, social in the sense of bringing people together, sharing a drink, connect, kind of like we're doing right now. You know, yep. we're talking about, well, Beat Vodka and it's brought us together and now we're kind of learning about each other's stories and backgrounds and, and this and that. And uh, we call it the pioneering spirit Kind of share your pioneering spirit yep. um, reference to this individual who pioneered the sugar beet industry a little over a hundred years ago. Um, and so, yeah, I guess obviously we parted ways amicably because at the very core it was to really just uh, enjoy each other's company and yeah. enjoy people's company and not to like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say exactly, but it, it you know, we um, yeah, are just excited about having something that can kind of create that conversation. And um, so do you have a day job at this point? And is, and did you, have you had a day job the whole last two and a half years while you've been building the company? So I have for the last 10 years um, and started at the very, very beginning with a, a really small boutique, um, construction business uh-huh. and um, had developed a, a department within the business. So I'm still there doing that yep. um, and doing this. So those are kind of my two, both very entrepreneurial. Um, so it's two not- hats completely different. I always say let's not drink vodka as we're swinging hammers and, and doing construction work. But um, but so it's not awkward. Oh, do no. you have like the flexibility yeah, to do absolutely. both businesses? Yeah, yeah, and- yeah, both very entrepreneurial um, um, and yeah, leading this uh, department, um, you know, have a have an ownership stake in that business. Yep. Uh, obviously, be vodka as well. So, um, do you feel tied? Like, so today is Monday, and I'm gonna work on the construction business this time to this time. Like, how do you yeah. multitask two separate companies? Uh so you sound like my wife asking me, <laughs> me that. I'm sure I <laughs> yeah. do. Uh, yeah, it's a struggle. I think it's, um, um, I'm kind of doing both at the same time. 
I mean, in the midst of the day, I don't. I, I think in some ways, if I compartmentalized, that would probably be maybe to the that would be more advantageous. I've just kind of been one that's always, you know, had my phone, had my laptop, my office is with me constantly. It's probably that true entrepreneurial yep. uh, story or the the millennial story nowadays. And yeah, so I'm kind of always oscillating between the two. Uh, there might be certain days or chunks of time where it's more dedicated to, to this one business versus the other. but And I'm kind of um, type A organized where like I want like, okay, this day I'm going to do this right. and that day I'm going to do that. But yeah. then someone calls you in the middle of the day and they want to talk about the thing that you're not doing that day. It's right. not like you can say, no, call me back tomorrow. I'm not working on that today. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And, and I think, you know, too, there's a, there's a lot of passion uh, to, to for Beat Vodka. Um, I really, really love it. I think it's a great, great product. And obviously, we're still so new, just a little over two years now. So there's so much opportunity, so much we need to do. And I think that that does um, excite me. Uh, it's the thing that excites me probably the most yeah. in what I am doing. And so uh, with that, it's not like it's a... It's not miserable, I guess, waking up every morning and saying, oh, I have to focus yeah, on this today. You know, I have to focus on my yeah, vodka today. It's, it's really exciting. Did you capitalize the business? Did you bootstrap uh, so, it yourself? Yep, yep, bootstrapped ourselves. So, and I think we were pretty smart to, um, to really find individuals that are already doing that are already experts in certain areas. So, for example, we decided not to open our own location, our own yep. distillery. Um, one because we knew we weren't experts in, even though we could produce. Alcohol and my business partner at the time knew how to do it on a larger scale. That's yep. kind of a different animal, and to have quality control and to make sure it's consistent and great every single time on a larger, at a larger batch was, um, you know, something we decided we should just um, outsource, for lack of a better word, or partner with an existing distiller, an existing expert who who's already been doing it. And so, so who distills your product? Yep. So we found a, a distiller uh, just across the border in Hudson, or yep. just by Hudson, Forty uh, Fifth Parallel. Yeah, sure. Maybe you know them. I do. So Paul Paul Warney, he's the and Scott Davis. Scott yep. Davis, formerly the owner of Toast um, Wine Bar in Minneapolis. Yep. Um, they started this distillery about a dozen years ago. They live in Minneapolis. Yep. Obviously, the laws. Being such that at that time it was too cost prohibitive to open a distillery here, yeah, uh, just until a few years ago, um, I think it was thirty thousand dollars a year here. So they opened up there, and they're great at what they do. They really are the pioneers of the craft distilling industry here on a local level. And so we said at four, three, you know, four years ago, guys, would we have this idea? We have this unique crop, this unique product. Did you had you already contracted with the farmer for your crop or do you yeah. like get your crop from one farm or do you No, so we work with the co-op up there. So okay. it's not necessarily one specific farmer. It's pretty difficult to to uh, you know, sugar beet industry is really really large. And yep. So we're just really like a speck. I kind of wondered know, about that. As much volume as we would ever do, I don't think we would ever amount to. We could be the biggest vodka in the United States and probably still be a nothing yeah. in the I mean, sugar 50 beet world. Yeah. of the u.s supply of sugar is from sugar beets wow and that goes in everything yeah. whether it's a beautiful craft vodka or snicker bars or you know you name it this so, is like a weird story but yeah. my dad was a banker in the 1970s and 80s and at one point as a little girl i remember we had to drive out to this person's farm <laughs> to look at these beets yeah and i didn't eat beets as a kid and I just remember that they were like these really weird looking giant potato-y things that yeah. had all these sprouts. And 
my dad like explained to me that that was how sugar was made. And all I knew was like, CNH pure cane sugar, yeah. you know, where the canes yeah, yeah. and they're walking through these yeah. beautiful cane fields. And, and that's half of it. Yeah. That's, that's the other 50%. Of so our sugar it's so supply. people, I, honestly, I think a lot of people don't realize like how much sugar comes from sugar beets. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, but, but kind of going back to your question, yeah, um, was able to self fund. And that's part of it because we said rather than having such a large capital investment in doing a distillery, as cool as it is, it didn't make sense from a first financial standpoint. Um, it was better, I think, for us to try to bootstrap, work with an existing distillery that, for, like, like I mentioned, is great at what they yeah. do. We knew we could have, we could have confidence in the outcome of the product. We also knew that we could save and put that money elsewhere into more, say, um, design, packaging, uh, packaging marketing, marketing and really getting the product into this day still. Um, getting the product into people's hands and creating that kind of nice experience for people with this beautiful, um, beautiful bottle that we have. So, how much do you um, think it was for your initial investment? How much total capital? Yeah. Um, I think probably fifty thousand. That's less than I thought, actually. Yeah. I was thinking it'd be about one fifty. Yeah, yeah, it might have even been a little bit less than that. And did you just um, put it on your credit cards and? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the, kind of the typical story. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But we, you, so we, yeah, we funded that, and then, um, um, and we also partnered with a um, an agency in the cities um, that could help us take these rough ideas and. Um, put that's it an out. interesting thought. So, yeah. did you literally partner with them in terms of x? You have x amount of shares, and we have yeah. x amount of shares. Yeah, right. That yep. makes a lot of sense. Yep, I yep. haven't heard that agencies. I guess Periscope. I've heard has yeah. done some I think of those it's pretty types of relationships. Rare. I think it's pretty rare. Did you have um, contacts or friends, and that's how you made that relationship happen? Kind of dumb luck. It was at a barbecue, and I was uh, talking about uh, with some individuals, uh, some friends of friends, saying, "Hey, I have this. Uh, yeah, I have this idea. We're going to launch a vodka, and I'm just kind of looking right now for maybe an agency or two that could help us further um, articulate." This idea and the brand and the brand and this individual said, "Oh, I got somebody. I'll, I'll, you know, send you wow. the info." And so that was kind of like dumb luck, yeah, in a way, I guess. And um, one thing led to the next, and I think it was just the right timing. Kind of as with the forty fifth parallel, is the right timing. You're, and, yeah, you're a lucky person, and I know everybody makes their luck right. But right. one of the things I was going to ask you is the way that your product is packaged and the way that it presents yeah. on the shelf and. It's very beautiful. It's very stylish. Um, yeah, when I go to Certix and I stand and I look at the vodkas, yours ultimately stands out as high end, but also it's affordable. You know? Yeah, it was. Um, and it's good. I mean, it's it's good value in the sense. Yeah, it's a, it's it's higher price point, I think, than than a lot of craft. But it's also good value in the sense that usually you don't want to taste what you buy in the world of vodka. Yeah. And so you're therefore you're going to something masking with other stuff and you have to buy other ingredients to mix it with. We get a lot of people that say, I just love having it on the rocks Yeah, or beet vodka, lime and soda, like some very, very simple and therefore inexpensive ways to enjoy the product. So yeah, but thanks. Thanks for the, uh, the, the mention of the, of the aesthetic. It was kind of for us a way to create something that was timeless in a way, really sincere, um, simplified and just just back to you know this agricultural kind of story that we're trying to tell so the bottle itself represents a sugar beet yep. as this leafy top that paper wrap on the top of the bottle represents that leafy top of a sugar beet obviously the name um 
cross section of a sugar beet you'll see on the on the wood cork and on the paper wrap itself as well. So, um, how hard is it to stand out in your industry? I mean, you are a in a gigantically crowded industry right. of alcohol. B, you're in the craft alcohol movement, which has been very prolific right. in both Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yeah. Are you just like, wow, this is really a game of trying to get noticed here? Uh, it is. It definitely is. Um, How do you do that? Is it, it sampling? or sampling. Yeah, you have to do a lot of sampling. You have to do just a lot of promotions. You have to do a lot of um, uh, podcasts. Yep. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but that helps, obviously, anytime you can tell your story a little bit. But I think it's, I mean, first of all, just hoping and, and, and doing the best you can to create something that's different. So that you even have a chance to differentiate in the in the crowded uh, crowded market that it is. So I think that if we were just another corn vodka, if we were another glass gaudy looking bottle, and we were priced at twenty three ninety nine or whatever it is, that honestly I think would be a far more difficult battle to to, to win. Yep. Um, and it's not that we are by any means um, um, where we would want to be. We have a lot of opportunity and yep. a lot of runway yet, but I think the fact that we've kind of taken a bit of a different approach in many different ways gives us at least a unique opportunity to further engage and to create kind of that interest, kind of like you mentioned too with, you know, even the the product itself, you remember the viscosity from yep. three years ago. So, but it is, it's just a lot of creating that awareness. Do you do the sales or yeah. do you work with your distributor? Yep. Uh, we have, well, we have to work with our distributor yep. for the actual Delivery, transportation, and whatnot to our retailers on or off premise. Um, but I do personally um, some of the sales. We also have kept a lot of like kind of keep it close friends and family, um, just that are really close and integrated and familiar with the brand. Yep. To be kind of these brand ambassadors that go out and do uh, tastings or events, um, things like that. So. Um, so in your typical day, like, or I guess a week. Mm-hmm. How- are you like, okay, today I'm making 10 sales calls? Like, how do you create those relationships? Yeah, I think right now, and it is true, like, I think the good and the bad of the world of alcohol, unlike, for example, beer, beer can self-distribute. Yep. So alcohol, we can't. So with that, the bad is is that there's a lot of profit that's lost yep. because of the, you know. Each, the middleman. Each of the middleman, yep. yep. Uh, but with that, there's beauty in that. They help you get into these accounts, so they have all the relationships, and they. So, do you they, go into the distributor then, and literally like meet with them and sell yep, them, it, and here's how yep, we from, want you to position it, and. Yep, from time to time we do that. Um, we are in North Dakota, Minnesota, and uh, part of Wisconsin, so we have teams in each of those markets, and yeah, we we will have them help us get into their accounts, and then from there it's just a matter of us then supporting them or. Or, or or visiting ourselves and keeping that top of mind awareness so that there's more pull through. Yeah. Does the, does the agency handle that you're partnered with the lifestyle and the social side? No, no. So the social we do ourselves. Um, really do most things ourselves besides the um, the actual Packaging. at the distillery. Yeah. Um, distilling and, and, and the, the vodka. So um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. So, so I, I guess every it, day the, you're <laughs> like, okay, what's my Instagram story for today? Yeah, for... kind of. Could be doing more. Could be doing more of that, obviously. That's just an endless battle. Yes, it is. Um, but there's there's so much. I mean, for, from from visiting ABC um, um, uh, bar or restaurant 
to going in and doing a... I didn't even think about bars. You want to be front and center in the bar, too. Yeah, Yeah. and that's a totally different animal than, for example, a liquor store. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, retail versus that experiential, you know, um, sitting at the bar. Does the craft bartender movement like your product? Yeah, they do. Um, I think that there's a, again, with vodka... It's changing, actually, to tell you the truth. But in the last several years, it's been more like gin's cool. The darker age spirit yeah. spirits are now cool. Um, but vodka, we've seen come back here recently. There's a resurgence toward the craft vodka that actually has character, that has flavor. And bartenders are now starting to realize again that you can use it in some very unique, interesting, versatile ways. Unlike maybe the mass-produced or national, international brands of the past. Right. There's some really, really nice, beautiful vodka out there. Obviously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toot our own horn. Just with the, you know, kind of the, uh, the peppery vanilla notes that beat vodka has, it really can play well in the cocktail world. So I think it's now a, f- uh, um, a matter of creating the awareness mm-hmm. with a small team actually being there in front of these, um, these mixologists. Yeah. But it's been. Um, it's been great. I think in the last, um, even last several months, with us kind of really starting to focus on that. So, and do you like to like beer? Like beer, pe- the beer people have beer dinners, and like yeah. is that like having a vodka dinner? And we've done a few of those. Yep. Yeah, we've done a few. Because um, vodka, we've talked about, can be in pie crust. Yeah. Right. There's Absolutely. actually it can be in potato salad. Like there's I quite a lot of uses for vodka. Oh wow. I should just do a full-on vodka, <laughs> drinks, vodka. Yeah, food, exactly. the whole nine yards. The whole thing. So you think like a marketer. Yeah, right. Yeah, we should. So um, we have a lot of opportunity in that sense. Um, but yeah, there's just a, a, a lot. I mean, we'll go to the distillery. We'll make sure that we're there, you know, quality control. We have these new mini bottles that we're, that we're launching in the next few weeks. They're real cute. Super Des- cute. Describe your customer to me. Customer would probably be um, more of an urban professional. Um they are people who want to have um, just a nice experience, mm-hmm. looking for something different, something that they can um, that's curated, that's um, I think you know a good question actually. I should probably know that a little bit more. Uh, is your um, is your product like a martini focused product? Because I think like you can drink it on the rocks or you yeah. can drink it straight up. It's it's a vodka you can drink alone without right. a lot of mixers and right, stuff. So right. does that lend itself to martinis? And do you do that whole game? Yeah. One of our cocktails, get several cocktails on our website. One of them is called Beat, Beat Neat. It is, I saw that. Yeah. And that's kind of a playoff of, you know, if you have, a, if you have a, a drink that's neat, well, it's just the vodka itself in the glass. That's it. But this was like a cocktail version of that. So we just added a little bit of orange bitters, twist a lemon. That's a very simplified martini. Yep. Um, but it makes a really good dirty martini. Um we do when we do liquor store samplings. We just sample it neat, um, not the beat neat, but just it literally neat in the glass versus so a cocktail. When, when you do a sampling event, like I've always wondered that, like you know, I'll go to Certix and there's all these people sampling. Yeah. By the way, Certix, there's a big one coming up. I think in uh, like two weeks, three okay. weeks. FYI. <laughs> so when you go and you are sampling the product at like a Certix, we'll just yeah. use that as an example. Does like do people just walk right from there to your display, pick it up, and leave with it? Yes. And not every time, however, but, but it does but happen. It, so you have like a huge bump in sales from doing that. I'm yeah, you assuming. can, you can, it is, it, it is, um, it can be a really, really, um, nice way to move product to engage and, and, and share the story, um, of, uh, of beat vodka. 
it's really hit and miss though at the same time. You know, you can have days when it's there's so many people. The consumer is an interesting um um individual, interesting character because and and you know, we've been at, at places before when it's crickets. Other places when it's there's lines out the door practically. So Yeah. It's really hard to say. You know, yeah. it's 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 and so we always ask When's your busiest day or when's your busiest time? And they say, oh, usually on such and such, but that can depend on if it's beautiful outside, if it's yeah, a holiday weekend, what else is going on in the cities, et cetera, Do people et cetera, drink so. vodka more in the summer or is it not weather dependent? Like um, gins obviously do get more play in the summer. Yeah, we haven't seen a huge difference, I don't okay. think, for us. Um, but yeah, I, I think typically you are correct. It is more of that summer warm cocktail drink. Um but at the same time, you know, recently we were up at, this is about two months ago, up at Grandview Lodge. We had uh-huh. a big, there was craft spirits. It was called Distilled, big craft spirits weekend. And we did a class about the versatility of vodka. Uh-huh. Uh, and in that class, we made a Manhattan with beet vodka. Cool. And it was awesome. Yeah. And people could hardly tell the difference that we were using vodka uh, in this kind of twist on the on the traditional yeah, classic. And it was great. So, I mean, there's ways that you can really incorporate this product into that non-summer or more moody weather cocktail experience yeah so yeah as a marketer are there like podcasts that you listen to or do you subscribe to magazines or how do you like stay up to date on the information in your industry um i you know what probably pretty poorly i should probably stay in i think <laughs> well, i'm you just have two jobs I, yeah i think i'm just so focused on on kind of like do you read what trade we're magazines doing. i mean so i'll have like some of the, just the big national magazines like ink and entrepreneur yep. But um, nothing in the specific trade of of distilling or or craft spirits. Um, I mean, once in a while, just on social media or on news feeds, yeah. you know, read things like that. But there's nothing that I really listen to religiously or read religiously in that regard. Are there other say. entrepreneurs in town that inspire you? Well, it's interesting. We actually um, have met with and have featured on our social media several of them uh, in the cities. We call them pioneers. Again, uh-huh. going back with that hashtag pioneering spirit um, that we, we talk about a lot within our business. And so, um, I mean, in the craft spirits world, um, I'm trying to think who we've maybe, uh, who I look up to. You know, or just it, even people in any, any industry that you're like, wow, they, I really think they're doing a great job. Yeah, well, I was going to go back to, I think... Um, you know, even Nick Kosovich, Bitter Q, sure, he's great. Sure. We've worked with him and his team on some various, um, you know, events and cocktail he was like creations. My, like my first, not my first podcast, but like in the very first round. Yeah, they're doing all kinds of great, great, cool yep, things. Eric, really Eric Eastman, uh huh, great guy, does some beautiful, beautiful photography of his cocktails yes, and his beautiful cocktails that he makes. Um, and I'm trying to think recently who we've, uh, I mean, Sarah Edwards, we've, we've had sure. her in. She's a great connector, influencer. I am Sarah there. Edwards. I am mm-hmm. Sarah Edwards. Um, we've had Melissa Coleman. Yep. Uh, Melissa Coleman's and she just launched a cookbook uh, recently and yep. she's the full Martha on social media. Very, very just wonderful salt of the earth person. Yeah. She's got a um, good cookbook too. Yeah, she really does. Yeah, I liked it. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. The other, there's just so many people. I think the one thing that we found, and especially with this business, is that we've been able to connect with so many just great creatives. Yeah. We have a really unique Super town for that. great, great town for that. So uh, it's been fun. Well, I think it's fun to talk to you. Yeah, Thanks thank you. for coming in and sharing your story with us. It's Beat Vodka. We'll put a picture and a link and all that good stuff on all of our socials. And we look forward to seeing how this story develops. Thank you very much. Thanks. Cheers.